All right. If that is not good news, I don't know what is. What is your favorite game? Is it Roblox? Is it Overwatch 2? Clash of Clans? Subway Surfers? Temple Run? Don't cringe. Some of you are going, ew, Winnie. Um, and maybe if you are old, maybe Wordle is your favorite <laughs> game. Or maybe Candy Crush or Fruit Ninja. Whatever tickles your fancy. So what's your favorite? I want you to tell the person next to you, and if you're online, I would like you to type it in your chat, in the chat. What is your favorite game? Tell each other. All right, if you're online, I hope you're typing it in. All right, so what has this got to do with my message? I promise you, I will get to it, okay? I promise you. We are now in a series entitled Prepare the Way, and today I'm speaking about Haggai, a minor prophet. Um, minor because his book is only little, only two chapters, very easy to read. So let's get into it. Shall I pray? Lord, I want to pray for everyone listening, be it in person or online, I just pray right now that you prepare our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray that you calm our minds. I pray that you help us focus and allow you to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's the background to this book? The Israelites, God's chosen people, well, they, their country got invaded, they got carried away, and they had to live in exile in a foreign land for 70 years. Then the Persians came and overcame the bad guys, the Babylonians, the Babylonians who invaded them, right? So the Persians came, overcame the Babylonians, and the Persian king said to the Israelites, hey, you know what? You guys can go back to your capital city, you can go back to your country, and you can rebuild your temple, because the temple was a pride and joy of the people, and I'll explain why in a bit. So a group of them returned to Jerusalem, their home city, and they started to rebuild the temple. But soon, opposition arose and threatened their work. So they stopped building the temple, and they went to build their houses instead and their farms. It made perfect sense, right, to do that. Except they did this for like 16 years, and they completely forgot about the temple. And then God spoke to them through Haggai, the prophet. And this is what it says in Haggai chapter 1. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time then for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains, bring down timber, and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? 
because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy building your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock and all the labor of your hands. Haggai was challenging the people's priorities. Houses and farms are not bad things, but they have distracted the people of God from building God's house, the temple, their main purpose of returning to, from exile. So why was God so crazy about the temple anyway? Like, come on, you know, let the people build their houses and their farms. Now, God, did God need a temple to live in? Does God need a temple to live in? He has got everything. Everything belongs to him. He lived in heaven in all its glory. He was so crazy because let's have the next slide. He was so crazy about the temple because the temple is where he got to hang out with us. On earth, that is where God lived to hang out with his people. He wasn't crazy about the temple. He was crazy about the people. He wanted so desperately to be with the people. From the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, all God wanted was one thing, to be with his people. And today, he is still the same. All he wants is one thing. While he has everything, the only thing he, he is crazy about that he probably doesn't have is you and me. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty crazy if you think about it. But that's our God. Question is, how much do we want to be with God? You know that song, the first song we sang, one thing, one thing we want, and it's his love. And then, what, the other song that says something else similar, uh, there's only one thing we want, is to be with him. Now I'm asking you, is that true? Every time they sing those songs, I have to <laughs> come to God and say, is that true? And I have to examine my heart. Maybe you are just new in this journey of exploring a relationship with God. I want you to know this. You may not know God yet, but God knows everything about you. He planned your birth. He knows everything about you. He's with you in the toilet. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Some of us have less than others. And he... I love my bald husband. He is wonderful. <laughs> God loves you. Even maybe you don't know him yet, but I just want to invite you on this journey. God loves you. For others, did we start off passionately following Jesus? Maybe very committed. Maybe at a Youth Alive event, you know, where we're like, yes, Jesus, I give you everything question is, what has been distracting us from God, our intimate relationship with God? I put out a survey to some of you, and I asked you this question, what has distracted you from pursuing an intimate relationship with God? Some of you said money, busyness, 
balancing work and personal life, keeping up appearances, seeking to impress others, popularity, get, getting others to like me, wanting to be in control of situations instead of trusting God, chasing other things, the house God, the fashion God, the health God, the holiday slash travel God, planning and preparing for the future, anxiety about my own inadequacy, YouTube, social media, binging shows, lack of discipline, maybe computer games. So what's your favorite game? Now I'm gonna tell you about my favorite game. Let's have the next slide, please. Oh, no, maybe you don't have all those slides, so it's okay, just, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna tell you about a game that um, I was addicted to, it's called the Sims, except it's so old, I'm so old, that um, it was like the original version, and then it's like, then we upgraded to Sims 2. I was 25 years old, I was newly married, I had a job, I had a husband, I, um, I served in the youth ministry, so really I was really free, had nothing to do. So I played on the Sims, and it was really cool, like you get to create a human being, and then you get to run their lives. Yeah, it kind of shows you that there is a problem if you're addicted to that game. And, um, and then you, that you have to teach them basic skills, like you have to teach them, oh, you have to build them a house or renovate them a house. You have to keep them happy. You have to make sure that they have enough food to eat, they have rested enough, they've gone to the toilet enough, they have enough social interaction, and they are happy. Otherwise, they get very stressed and they die. So you don't want them to die. And then you also need to help them find a job so that they can get money, so that they can buy groceries. At this point, you're like, why are you even playing that game? Like, don't you have a life enough? But obviously not. And then you can, they can actually have children, and then they can um, throw birthday parties for their children so that their children will be happy and they won't die. And then, um, then when you're throwing parties, you have to make sure that the neighbors who come are friendly because there's this one old guy, his name is Mr. Mortimer. He's really awful. Like, he say awful things to your sim, and your sim gets really stressed, and then they will cry, and then they might die. So um, <laughs> it was a very wonderful game. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I, I remember one night I was playing the game, and then I don't know, it was daytime. I, I didn't know how that happened. And then uh, one time I was playing the game, and then for a while I felt like my eyes were going to explode. That's because my contact lenses have been in my eyes for too long. And uh, another time I, rem I kind of forgot I had a husband. And, um, and I remember one time I was... Um, youth leaders meeting. We were sitting there, everyone was excited about the mission, we we're gonna run all these youth programs. All I could think of was my sim at home, waiting for me, needing me, my sim. And I think the Holy Spirit was talking to me that day, that I was very distracted from pursuing God. God was the furthest thing from my mind. And um, I had to, the Holy Spirit was challenging me that day while I was sitting in the youth meeting. I knew I had to take some drastic measures. So I went home and I bulldozed my Sims house. And they all died. <laughs> what has been distracting you from pursuing a relationship with God. It could be a computer game, or it could be many other things. 
Instead of rebuilding the temple, which was the very purpose of going back to Jerusalem, the Israelites built their own houses and worked on their own farms. And God said, you have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. When I read this passage, this came to mind. Let's have the next slide. Do you know who he is? This is Captain Hector Barbosa from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Because of his and his crew's greed, they fell under the Aztec's curse. To me, like, I think that's the worst curse. They were essentially living dead who would, they couldn't feel or taste anything. Barbosa said they would drink and not be satisfied, and food turned to ash in their mouth. When I watched the first Pirates of the Caribbean, that haunted me. I was like, oh my goodness, imagine. Can't eat. Well, you can eat, but you can't taste food. I'm Malaysian. Food is very important. I can't imagine not tasting food. But when we seek other things above God, this is often how we feel. We're supposed to be feeling good. We may do for two minutes, and then then we feel the emptiness again. Philip Yancey wrote in one of his books, when someone knocks on the door of a brothel, they are really looking for God. When someone knocks on the door of a brothel, they are really looking for God. Something is painfully missing in their hearts. They think it's sex, but it's not. It's God who will truly satisfied. St. Augustine, someone who lived very, very long time ago, said, you have made us for yourselves, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You know, I remember before I, um, uh, before I was married, I thought if I had a boyfriend, I'd be happy, maybe. So I had a boyfriend, and then I married him because I thought if I had a husband, I'll be happy. And so I married him. And then, um, then if, if, if we had children, I'd be happy. So we had children, we adopted children. If, if we had a house, we'd be happy. And then we would have a house. Well, we did have a house. We bought a house. But you know what? Many times the Lord reminds me, but do you remember the only time when you were truly happy? And I go, yes, I remember. It was the 16th of September, 1996. It's like 100 years ago. <laughs> when I encountered Jesus for the first time, and that hole in my heart was completely filled. And I just sat there, and I just went, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. This is it. But it wasn't just that night. It is every day when I get up, I would sit and try and find a space that is quiet. Yeah, very good. Good luck. I have two little girls, and I love them. Um, trying to sit in God's Word, in prayer, in worship. You know, every time I do that, I have peace. But there are times when I do that, and then there is this moment where God just steps into the room, and then I'll cry like a baby, and I just go, wow. There are times when I'm praying with other people and that sense fills my heart. And 
when I watch other people come to faith in Jesus, when I watch God transform the lives of other people, I'm like, whoa! No house, no children, no husband, no boyfriend, no million dollars could do this. Only God. God is asking us to turn away from those distractions, whatever is your distraction, because they will not satisfy. They may not be bad things, but we need to focus on what matters most. God is asking us to prioritize. God is wanting us to come back and focus on building our relationship with him first. So Haggai challenged the people, and what did the people do? They said, okay, I love this book, <laughs> you know? They did, okay, and then they rebuilt the temple. So good. But soon, they faced something other than opposition, harder than opposition. Opposition comes from outside. They faced discouragement. Discouragement comes from inside. Some of the older people who are older, they remembered the OG temple, the original one that was amazing. And then now they're looking at this one going, oh my word. And Jesus said, and God said through Haggai, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it seem like nothing to you? But be strong, Zerubbabel, the leader of the people. Names for children. Yep, very good to keep it on the list. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, and work, for I am with you. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and what is desired by all the nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory. The silver is mine, the gold is mine. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, and in this place I will grant peace. God is encouraging them by saying that he is with them, and they need to keep going. They need to keep building this temple because it was important. Why? Because there is something more significant. He said, what is desired by all nations will come. I will fill this house that you are building right now with glory. So what is desired by all the nations? 500 years later, Jesus came into the scene and the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the promised Messiah, and he would set foot on this temple. Jesus is God's glory who filled the temple. Let's take a look at the next slide. Jesus is the Prince of Peace that gives us the peace that will last. That's why, can we have the next slide, please? That's why um, the temple was so important. It was preparing the way for Jesus to come. Not only did Jesus come to the temple, he became the temple. God dwelt in Jesus. When people were with Jesus, they were hanging out with God. But remember when we flicked the finger to God? Because we huma humanity chose to ignore God. Don't blame Adam and Eve, okay? I know we love blaming Adam and Eve. And girls, anytime you have problems, I know we blame Eve, but come on. It's not just Adam and Eve. We ignore God too, don't we? Well, I'm honest, so I say yes. Um, because we chose to ignore God, we have been estranged from him, our creator. But he really, really, really loves us. So much so that he wanted to be with us all the time. So Jesus came to be the lamb to absorb 
all our sin. Every bad thing you have done, every time you've said to God, talk to the hand, Jesus absorbed all of that and he died in my place, in your place, so that we can be saved, so that when God looks at us, there is no more punishment needed. It's a free gift, right? He doesn't force it on us, though. We have to choose to accept it. If Elon Musk stood in front of you today, Zach, and say, hey, Zach, I'm going to give you $2.5 billion, you have to choose to accept it, right? Even if he puts it in your account, you can still chuck it. You have to choose to accept it. So Jesus died to take our punishment, but that will only be true if we accept it. If we believe Jesus and accept what he has done, we are restored in our relationship with God. And then he fills us with the Holy Spirit. He fills us with his presence. You, look at your body now. He fills you, that body, with the Holy Spirit. What does that make us? Let's take a look at the next slide. That makes us the temple. Not only was Jesus the temple, we are now the temple if we choose to accept what Jesus has done. And God lives inside of us. So the next time you walk around saying, I can't do that, think again. God lives inside of you. Yeah, you can't, but he can. We can finally be together, God and me, God and you, all the time, forever. This series is entitled, Prepare the Way. Preparing the way for whom? For Jesus, the promised king, the savior of the world to come. So how did Haggai prepare the way for Jesus? Firstly, he encouraged the people to give careful thought to their ways. Give careful thought to your ways. This is intentional living. This is not rubbish living. This is not turn on Instagram's reels and let the reels carry you for the whole day living. This is, you can still watch Insta reels, I do too, but it is being intentional and giving careful thought to your ways. Secondly, he encouraged them to turn away from the distractions and return to their purpose to rebuild the temple. That's their purpose. What's our purpose? Our purpose is to love God. Our relationship with God, the only thing that truly, truly, truly satisfies. And to love people. Return to God. Return to building your relationship with God. Seek first his kingdom. Put God first. Recently, a young adult here, she found a job she really likes. And um, she started the job and she loved it. But you know what she did? She told the manager, can I please be exempt from working on Tuesday night and Sunday night because I have church commitments. I want to go to connect group. I want to go to church service on Sunday and I don't want to miss out. And she thought I could lose my job, right? I could lose this job I really like. But you know what? The manager was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Seek first God's kingdom. Start your day by saying hi to God. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What about say hi to God first? Hey, God, sup? Yeah, I don't talk like that because I'm old. Um, talk to him, sit with him, letting him speak to you. What about this? Let the first app 
you open on your phone be the Bible app. Or if you have an actual paper Bible like me, what about take on the challenge that I will not touch my phone until I have sat with God and read my Bible. And we don't do this legalistically. We do this out of love. We do this because we want to return to our focus. With every decision, ask God for guidance. Even the things you know how to do, what about inviting God into it? You know when I put on my makeup on very important days, I ask him to help me with my eyebrows. Because do you know if you get your eyebrows wrong, that's done. For the rest of the day, you are not balanced. People will see it and they will be disturbed. Eyeliners, no problem, you just wing it. Yeah, I'm so funny. When looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, ask yourself, will God be put in the first place in this relationship? And the answer will be your answer to whether or not that is a good relationship to pursue. Finally, as their hearts were set right before God, after the temple was rebuilt, Jesus came, set foot on this temple and became the temple. He made us the temple. Can I invite the team up? So this year, as we prepare for Christmas, like the Israelites preparing the way for Jesus, the Messiah, by rebuilding the temple, I would like to ask you to prepare the way for Jesus, the baby Jesus, the King Jesus, to enter into your heart once again. And the way to do that is to give careful thought to your ways and adjust the priorities in your life. What has been distracting you from God? Let's pray. If you're just, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, but you're listening to this and you're like, wow, there is a God who loves me. There is a God who has done all of that for me. I want in. I believe. I'd like to pray for you. Can I ask that we close our eyes to respect the privacy of those who would like to respond? If that's you, lift a hand, lift a hand so that I can see that, and, but it is more importantly so that God can see that. If you'd like to give your life to Jesus tonight for the first time, please raise your hand. If you're watching online, Mention it to the host. And now, would you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting a relationship with me so bad that you died on the cross. I'm sorry for my sins. Now please come and fill my heart with the Holy Spirit. Amen. For those of us who have made a decision to follow Jesus sometime in our lives, I would like to invite you to take out your communion. Um, and my question to you tonight is, what has been distracting you from, a relation, from pursuing a relationship with God? And as you partake communion tonight, come back. Come back to that place 
come back to that place of being with Jesus and making him your top priority. Lord, I pray that you will just work in each of our hearts to draw us back to you. Simply because you are so desperate for us to be with you because you love us so very, 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 very much. Why? We will never know. Thank you, Lord. Amen.